Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode 17. They go so quick, these podcasts, don't we? They're Weeks fly by. We're flying through them, aren't we? Yep. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, I'm doing, i tell you what I was pleased with, Steve, that we passed our millionth view, didn't we? We did. Recently? God, that was a that was a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, we hit was, we yeah. hit the million mark on YouTube. Yeah, what I a, meant to mention it last week and forgot. Yeah, what a what a landmark, oh, eh? That's great. Yeah. Five no, well, five and a half years I think we've had the YouTube channel because we started in two thousand seven, but at September, the end, yeah. yeah. So, but we were only starting off with a hundred hundred a week, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, and now we're something like five to six thousand a week, so it's, it's going so a million a million views. Yeah, yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? It's incredible. I remember we used to dream about that, didn't you? you well, one day well, we'll get a million. Well, I don't know. I didn't used to dream about it. <laughs> I did. You thought, oh, I a million did. views. I did. No, I mean, it's, like a a really, it's a great landmark and it, and it proves that, you know, people yeah. va- really value what we do on YouTube, right. what you do on YouTube. Yeah. And um, we can keep it going. We're not stopping. There's, no, no, there's still no. so many more clips we've got no, in the pipeline. We get a fantastic response. I mean, I'm constantly, you know, Thank you for your kind comments and thank God, you. God, and the amount of times that you uh, must. Thing is, someone. thing is, listeners. Thing is, <laughs> listeners. He types that out every single time. He doesn't do. copy and paste that. No. Every time that is a genuine sitting at the computer. Thank you for your kind comments. Kind regards, Colin. Somebody commented on the other day. What, how many times do you type no, that? No, they said you always say the same thing. Well, but you type it out every time, so it's not like people think. It's like a generic response that like I could no, do or no. you know anyone could do. It's not. It's you every time typing I, out the same. I, pr- I appreciate it so much though. People take the time to to quote and mm. you know say how much they enjoyed it, and mm. it's, uh, it's up to me to do the same back yeah. again. And uh, yeah. long may it continue. Absolutely, I won't ever get fed up with that. No, thank yeah, not not thanking people. Yeah, that's great. So you had how'd your week go? Yes, all right. Yeah, not too bad. It's busy. It's, you are very busy. Aren't it's, you, uh, yeah, it's been a very busy week. Um, maybe we'll we'll do another midweek podcast at some point. Yeah, catch up and just, time and have a little catch up. But these that's podcasts. Right. Are about you, of course. Well, <laughs> about about everybody else and the pastel pencils. That's the important thing. Yeah. So uh, this week, I thought we could. I want to kind of mm, go away from pastel pencils a little bit. All right. But stick with you. So okay. I thought we could talk about because we did touch upon very early on in the run of this season of podcast. We talked about combining mediums, pastel pencil and oh, watercolour right. because you were a watercolour mm. artist originally and then got into mm. pastel pencils and then you managed to combine them, which I want to talk about another week uh, anyway. But I thought we could talk about the pen and ink side because you do pen and ink or did pen and ink drawing. Yeah. And probably, I don't know if people know that about you, that you did pen and ink. I mean, I know we have a pen and ink subject on the members site, yeah. don't we, that people can yeah. do. Yeah. But well, tell us... Well, how, about how, how that? Yeah, I, I only touched on it, didn't I, before when we were sort of talking about the art story. But pen and ink came about really because I was very, very keen on the old style engravings. Funny enough, that's really why it came about. I used to love all the old engravings of years and years ago in the eighteen hundreds when they used to. That's the only way they could portray what they the scenery and places and so on in those days in that photography mm. or it was certainly in the very early days of photography and i loved the way that they represented the trees and the buildings and the people and this is really what stimulated my uh, and of course i had to produce prints as well of mm. pen and ink 
But really, that was more commercial. The actual Penanik itself, I used to really, really enjoy. And the trees particularly, at that stage, although I was doing watercolour trees, uh, I found that by working on the pen and ink side of it, I could get a kind of a foliage which a lot of pen and ink artists of today don't do. And again, that's all coming from back from that original um, so what, idea. So it, the engraving, seeing the engraved pictures made you want to start pen and ink. Mm. When did you start doing it? When did you give it a go? Because... Oh, was it before you even got into pastel pencils and watercolor, or when did you try? Because uh, no. you'd always done art over the years, anyway. No, no, it was it was after I started watercolor, really. In fact, you know, going back now, now I think about it because my memory is beginning to fade. The older I get, the worse it becomes. I remember that I was working for John. Do you remember we were going way back now when I started doing the birds? Yes. And so on and I, well, it was then yeah. that I was researching the buildings because I wanted to do buildings. He was doing the bird yeah. art. And I said, we'd like to do some buildings. So I was researching the, the, the buildings then. And that's really when I first came across the Victorian pen and ink work. And I suppose that's when it really started. So it was about the same time that I started watercolour. But I think the two things are very different. You know, yeah. obviously very different mediums. But I was, I was a very detailed artist. I love detail, always have done, always probably will do. So I think pen and ink satisfied me. So did you start doing pen and ink work then? I, I did, having, yes. And yes. what did you use? Because did you just sort of pick up what you found? Did you just go to the art mm. shop and go, oh, what can yeah. I use for pen and ink? Or did you well, just pick up a biro? Do you know, I, no, I didn't pick up a biro, no, that would have been too thick. No, I used the very fine, they used to do rotring with the, the pen manufacturer, used to do, really, probably still do, very fine nib. It was an incredibly fine nib, and that really satisfied me. Even the pen we use today, the one we super sell. Super fine, yeah, yeah, super fine. That's super fine, but it wasn't anywhere near as fine as the original. I mean, people, I think, would have found that difficult to use. Mm. I found it great because I could do very, very fine detail with it. And I, I did some quite incredible detailed what, work with what it. Did you, what kind of pictures did you start off doing? With landscapes, all landscapes. All landscapes. Back then and buildings. Were, back then you were doing landscapes, mainly, mm, weren't you? And buildings. Uh, I must, I've still got some of those original pictures. I really must show these. You definitely um, should, yes, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they'd love to see them yeah. back, back then. So this was like the 80s. You, you'd oh, kind yes. of given oh, pen and ink early to go. 80s, really. Mm. And because, I mean, you then, obviously you went into pastel pencils and things like that. Was pen and ink something you still did on the side every now and again? I mean, it wasn't obviously a commercial thing for you initially, was it? You would... It wasn't, no, no. I was doing it for pleasure, really, yeah. to start with. And then I found when I wanted to do the prints, when we moved to Broadstairs, I produced some prints of Broadstairs, which were very successful. I used the same methods there, mm. even though we were looking at modern, modern pictures, modern buildings and scenes. But they were mega successful, I would say. Those, really popular, were they? Very, very popular. Have you still yeah. got them? Or, or I don't think I have, Steve. It'd no, be lovely no. to see a picture, mm, just to see mm. what. I'll have to. Uh, there's probably thousands of them around Broadstairs, so maybe <laughs> if I ever, if <laughs> you ever see one, if we've got any Broadstairs listeners <laughs> <laughs> that want to want to give us a copy of it, um, yeah, I mean, it'd just be interesting to see. So, 
what at any point in your career of pastel pencils did you start commercially obviously other than selling the prints um doing pen and ink did you teach anyone that came to your classes pen no and ink? no i didn't no i never taught it never did any demonstration no i i think uh, no i never de- demonstrated it no no not really no it was it was something that was kept away from the teaching side mm. because i didn't really te- start teaching until i was doing the pastel pencils if you remember right yeah Way, way later. I mean, mm. we're looking at uh, mid '80s, so yeah. I'd already been a professional artist for three, four, five years by then. Yeah, and that's it, it's they in that first early days when I was doing the pen and ink mm. and the watercolor. Mm. So, if people want to learn more about pen and ink, obviously we've got a pen and ink subject. Uh, what was the well, wasn't it? Yes, on, yes. On well, I tell you what, the there, there was um, teaching art. I don't know whether they've still got it, but they actually did a pen and ink picture, or I did a pen and ink picture for them, oh, really? using that same pen that uh, we sell the, on our site. The, the Faber Castell yeah, Superfine, not fine. a really fine one, but but the one, yeah, the one we've got on our site we sell. And I did it, but the reason I did that was Faber Castell bought a range of pens out. They wanted me to show it off. I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. I so remember. I did it. It was okay, but really didn't measure up to the pastel pencil. The mm. pastel pencil was the, the number one. So if people want to learn more about pen and ink, there is potentially somewhere out there. I don't know whether there is. Do you know, I don't know whether people do it. or, or what, I've, I've never come across anybody teaching pen and ink. Pen and ink. Do you think it's because it's not that, it's just not that popular? It's just not taken off like uh, pastel pencils have, have done? Mm. Well, certainly my style of pen and ink wouldn't. No, the style so you I did. So you didn't... How did you... Because obviously then you didn't obviously take any classes of pen and ink. You didn't know yeah. really how to use it. Did you use it like you would do watercolour kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it, it's a, it, it's the same progress, you know. Pastel pencils came by necessity. I thought, oh, this is good. I'll try this. Watercolour, oh, this is good. i try this. Pen and ink was the same. Just this tried is good. it. i try it. Because the only person that that had done the pen and ink was Tony, if I remember Tony Blackman, mm. if you remember back to my art story. He did pen and ink, but I didn't like his pen and ink. I'm sorry, Tony, I hope he's not listening. But I didn't like it. It was scratchy. Right, yeah, what was, what was, what was bad about it? What yeah, kind of subjects were they? Were they landscapes? Oh, yeah, well, uh, same as me, but yeah. it, was, it was scratchy. There was no, there, there was no fine detail. There were, you could, when you looked at his pictures, it was just like a... I really hope you're not listening, Tony. It was a bit of a mess, okay. in my opinion. Let's not slate his artwork too much. No, well, <laughs> I, well that's, that's, I'm not friends with him anymore. <laughs> not now you are. Well, definitely not now. Okay, <laughs> moving, away from, moving away from that. So pen and ink, do you still do pen and ink every now and again? You kind of, not really so much? Not really, no, Steve. No. It was more of a pleasure thing for you? Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. And what about the sepia? side of things because sepia we've obviously got sepia packs mm. sepia subjects for people to mm. try how did that all come about when did you decide to all right well this is another interesting thing I, again this came with watercolor i was doing the pen and ink and the you know the pen and ink pictures of brawl stairs and view plaza harbour those were the two yeah. main pictures what i used to do was i used to color them wash them in watercolor and they were very popular hand tinted prints and I thought one day I wonder what this would be look like with sepia so I used the sepia watercolour 
and did it in sepia. And they sold. They didn't sell as many so as... So you did it in watercolour in sepia? Yeah. Right. Yeah, watercolour sepia, yeah. Hmm. Just using one colour. And I used to... And it was very good. I enjoyed doing them, and, and they were selling. And then I then did watercolour sepia pictures as a result of those, the success of those, and I sold those too. Not pen and ink now. These were just watercolour sepia. Yeah. Okay. They were popular. Again, this is in this first few years uh, that I'm talking about, early 80s. Then when I started with the pastel pencils, it was all in colour. I don't know what prompted me, but one day I thought, mm, I'll try this in sepia. Now, you can't have a... With watercolour, you can water it down to a lesser or a greater degree, you yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. So you can use different tones. Now, in pastel pencils, you can't do that. So I had to then develop the sepia colours, and we reckoned on f six colours. I had to do six colours that made up the, the one tone, really. Blimey, yeah. Yeah, and develop that, and those sell. Again, they don't sell that many of them, we don't, but, you know, compared with the colours, and I can understand that because it's a limited drug. But it's, it's the monotone look again. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting kind of thing to attempt CPU with pastel pencils mm. because, like you say, you've got six colours to make up one tone. That's right. That's right. And, yeah. and that's, so <laughs> I don't know anyone that would attempt that. <laughs> oh, well, people do. And you have to have all those colours as well to be able to create the same tonal level mm. of the watercolour. But, but other artists to attempt that kind of, to, to say, you know, other pastel pencil artists out there yes. to go, let's try this. Yes. Just try and do sepia with pastel pencils. And do you know what? I have got some of those sepia watercolour pictures, Stephen, you, I could show you're you. You're definitely going to have to get I this. will have to, won't I? It's nice for people then to see, you know, to see what you, what's going on. Maybe there. you think, what do you think? I mean, out there in podcast land, would you like me to do a watercolour sepia picture? Because I'm quite happy to do it. Yes. Yeah, one colour, yeah, that's all you need. It's very easy, very simple. Let's give it a go. Let's give it I a think, try. I think they'd like to see do that. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, let's give it a go then. Yeah, I think it would be good. I'm sure they'll all agree with me. <laughs> You'll find out, won't you? Find out. They'll come flooding yeah, in. So saying, actually, no, I don't even want to do that, actually. <laughs> Not really interested. That's right. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting because these are things that, you know, we can touch on pastel pencils uh, week on, week out, but these are kind mm. of different aspects of art and it's an art podcast you know so it's nice to cover that's right cover different sides that's of right things. well i always said to my classes when they were um, and i had them they ought to try different things themselves and sepia was one of the things i said they ought to try do you remember going back oh, quite a few podcasts jackie do you remember jackie yes told you about picture, jackie with yeah, her picture yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a sepia picture she was doing oh, then. of course it was she yeah, was doing a sepia picture of uh, of sandwich in pastel okay. pencils she was doing it in pastel pencils yes 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 so that made it even harder really for uh, her would you say would you say sepia in pastel pencils is harder because of the amount of no i think sepia in watercolor would have been harder because right. with pastel pencil you had the color for instance you had the 182 which is the main chief color that we're using and then to darken it you just put one double seven on it. Right. You know, you don't have to press harder. Now with watercolour, you have to put another layer on, and then another layer on, and then another layer on. Oh, Do you know what I mean? So you have to build up your layers with one colour, and you have to. And you're messing around. No, I shouldn't say messing around. You're not. You're using your watercolour uh, washes to create the effects. Mm. Wonderful, absolutely magical. Once you get it right. Yeah. 
Pencil. But uh, no, I would say pastel pencil. It's a steep easier. learning curve with watercolour mm. than there is with pastel pencil. But she had a lot of problems to start with, and as you know, and in, ended, ended up with a really good picture, which is probably still hanging in a brighter place on a wall. Mm. So uh, I, I used to recommend people trying sepia because you were working on tonal values then, mm. lights and darks. And that's people lose sight of that. When they're using colour, they lose sight of the fact that they should be looking at dimension yeah. and it's like what you said uh, a few weeks probably longer ago about people with graphite experience that's right because they've got the the grasp of tonal mm. uh, values and things like that so they they can take that w with that pastel pencils they have to and do color that. pictures mm. so You're it's not a bad thing to try out graphite or sepia and it's a good it's a good practice piece again it's all practice and exploration and finding mm. what you see and there's so many I've seen so many, even professional pictures, which could do with that kind of lesson, to be honest, then they're kind of flat. Mm. And I'm sure people out there in podcast land would re remember or, or seen people pictures that are flat. They don't have this dimension. They don't have 3D look. Mm. Well, there's a top tip then for people out there mm, you know, yeah. for learning tonal values. Try a CPU and try try some graphite and That's right. let us know how you get on because, you know, it, it's... That's right. It's a good skill to have. Well, I'll, I'll find I'll find a really nice picture. I've got I've got half a dozen of them, I think, around. Okay. And, uh, good, uh, good to parade them on Facebook and yeah. let people know what they think. Okay, well, moving on to some questions now. Where are they? They're behind me. Here we are. Okay, so the first one I have here is from Pat, and she says, uh, "What do you do about the amount of chalk dust that is produced during the work?" So obviously. She's referring up. to pastel pencils yeah. here. What, what do you do about dust, pest, chalk dust, pastel dust? Do you do you generate? I mean, you do generate pastel dust, obviously. I do. How do you well, the how do you cope with that? Th let's take take you through a typical scenario. If you're doing, say, a sky on a landscape, which is one of the worst areas, because you're putting a lot of white on, aren't you? And you're rubbing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If you watch me, you'll find that I rub most of that in. A very, very little actually is... You use your finger, don't you? I do, and I rub it into the, the paper. Most of the pastel pencil is either rubbed in with the paper with your finger, if you're doing backgrounds or skies, large areas, or it's being pushed into the paper with your pencil. Very, very little dust. You've only got to look over here, Steve. I mean, I'm, you can't see this, folks, but just on my right... Uh, is my table, and well, I no defy all, anybody to see how many dust, how much dust is there, and that's not it's cleaned off. No, you know? no. I'm a terrible housewife. I, I don't <laughs> never, never wash it off or clean it off. So you'll see, there's no dust there. Yeah. Now I do hundreds and hundreds of uh, yeah. hours of work, and there's no. So I don't get it. But is that is that down to the paper? Is it because the it paper be. is so absorbing of the dust? If you use a, 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 a rough paper, we used to have a paper called colour fix i experimented with that for a while and that used to produce a lot of dust it was like a bit like sandpaper so it never used to take it never, no, never it, it won't it. absorb into the paper the young gray paper is by far the best and very very little dust is produced so and the other thing i would like to point out at this stage some people have said to me uh, in the past oh i suffer from asthma or i have a problem with asthma mm. and really the pastel dust is a problem what they're talking about is soft pastel soft pastel is a nightmare it's for asthma produce a lot of Oh, yeah, yes, and it's in the air as well. It's very fine. Mm. Uh, pastel pencil never, ever, in all my experience, have had anybody with a problem with asthma and pastel pencils. So there put you your go. mind at rest, folks. If you've got a it's problem, fine. go back to pastels. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for that, Pat. So moving on to another question. This is from Paul. He says, Hi, Colin. I'm about to purchase my first starter pack from you and have become a member. I noticed you only use sand-coloured ingress paper. I also like this colour 
Uh, I also like this colour. My question is, I cannot find a supplier here in Australia to sell this colour alone. Could I use other colours like different whites or to purchase from you? How long would it take to come to the UK? Any helps appreciated. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, well, Paul, um, I replied to him and told him that on grey is definitely the best and really don't compromise your picture because if you start with other products... Well, just mentioned, you can, yeah. you know, there's, there's yeah. downsides to using other... Absolutely. Other. And the other problem is most manufacturers supply a couple of sheets of sand colour in their whole range. So you'll get a whole pad of paper and with only two sheets of sand in it. Mm. The rest will be orange, gr- green, blue. And those really are a waste of time. So you're paying a lot of money out for... I mean, you can imagine if you bought four packs of that... And you, you only know, get and you only eight, get sheets. eight sheets. <laughs> oh, no. buy, you buy by one ten. pack of ours with ten in it. Yeah. No, it doesn't work very well. But Paul actually has placed an order. So Great. there's an order winged its way over to Paul in Australia for a couple of uh, packs of paper and other things mm. that he's ordered. So unfortunately, uh, there isn't really. I can't give an answer to that. Except so, how much? Uh, how much would it cost? Has it cost Paul? Just well, for, for people out there, obviously shipping ab- abroad. Well, it's it's always best, really, because we have a, a, a maximum of twelve pound anywhere in the world. What I would advise people, and this isn't a sales pitch, is order as much as you can, folks, because, to save on postage. Yeah, it's yeah. seven pounds. You know, up to. £7 up to 30 isn't it? And then it's over 30 it's 12 But I would recommend people, you know, spend a little bit more. I mean, after all, if you have... We know that the young grey paper is good. We know yeah, that. Yeah. So buy so two or three packs of it. And yeah, if you're struggling it. to get hold of it, then, mm. you know, yeah, order, order some more. And that's, that's my recommendation. Mm. Okay, don't compromise. No. Stick with what's good. S- stick with what we know. Yeah. I've been using it for 30 years. Yeah. No, I haven't. 20, um, Nearly 30 years. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next one I've got here is from Simon in the USA. I've been having a problem with colours in that after I lay on a couple of layers on what I'm trying to paint, it just looks like caked on mush. It's oh, a good right. technical term. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? So he's... he's yeah, um, I can understand that. Though. Yeah, he's, he's putting yeah. on a couple of layers... And, and it just looks like... Well, he's working, almost certainly working from the other way. We work from light to dark, he's going from dark to light. Or he's putting the dark colours and then trying to retrace his steps with the light colours. That's when you get mud. Right. So you've got to really work your colours out a bit better than that. You've got to work out your colours. So you work on the lighter colours and then you gradually work your darker colours. Now, another problem, when I say that, people say, oh, right, so if you've got all those colours, you've got to put all the, all the light colours on, then you put all the dark colours on. No, 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 you don't do that. You, you find the, the best colour to start with is your base colour. If you've got a dark colour, for instance, you'd use um, a medium colour. You wouldn't use a, a very light colour. But that's where the problem lies, I'm afraid. Okay, well, thanks for the question, Simon. I hope that helps. Well, you've, you've replied anyway um, to him, so he's oh, got, yes. got a full-on full response from you as well, but that's useful for other people to hear as well. Okay, well, that concludes another podcast. Another one gone. Another one down. 17 finished. Right, that's it. So we'll hopefully we'll, we'll have a podcast for you next week. We're trying to sort out, because I'm away, we're going to sort out an alternative solution. So we're possibly going to do a podcast via Skype, which this is, is going to be interesting. Experimental. Yeah. Um, won't be as quite good quality because we won't have the mics, but um, we still like to get your questions in and still like to get a podcast in next week. So please keep them coming. Send in your questions. 
and keep rating us and commenting and and uh, rating us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. it. It gets the word out there and it spreads spreads the message across. So um, thank you again for that. And that leaves us for this week. So thanks everyone for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. How does Sky work, Steve? Skype. 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 Yes, with a P on the end. Not like not Sky TV. Ah, oh, be fun. <laughs> <laughs>